boopity-boopity-boop. Hey, how you doing? It is Monday, January 18th. My name is Michael. I'm your host. This is the FBTV Podcast. You know, over the uh, last 12, 13, 14 months, whatever, we have <laughs> gone through a few different variations of the podcast. Now that it's the first of the year, granted, geez, almost three weeks into it, and we're just getting here, we are going through another variation. Now it's just going to be what it always was meant to be, the Freight Broker TV podcast. Still great content. A few changes coming up for 2021. First of all, let's address where we have been for the last uh, 18 days of 2021. Actually... A month. It's a month ago today that we did our last podcast. Well, we had the holidays, obviously. And then my health kind of got weird. Nothing serious. I just got to feeling puny all the time. And I'm finally starting to come out of it. COVID. Don't know, didn't get tested. I mean, even with the COVID test, how do you know? You know, when you got Elon Musk out here getting tested four times, same day, two positive, two negatives. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I, I contacted my medical professional. They said it sounded like I was having some sinus issues more than uh, anything else so anyway starting to get to the point to where uh yeah i'm starting to get back to a uh, 85 90 percent feeling pretty good and decided hey we need to get in here and do a podcast <clears throat> so that's that now changes well obviously the fbtv is sponsored by tautoa if you went to the tautoa website been checking that out uh, not really a whole lot of changes. Uh, the uh, We still got the packages, still have the placement. The only thing we have changed is uh, in the mentorship program, how long you can stay in it. And the reason for that is the mentorship program with all of our training and consulting packages is designed to allow you to start working as a freight broker agent gaining experience, putting to practice what you learned in training, building a customer base, and hey, if you move a load, that's great too. But the purpose is for you to gain the experience so you can take the next step. And the next step for somebody in the mentorship program should be obtaining a contract with the broker direct. Believe me, the grass is greener if you are a direct agent for a broker, but to get there, and, and if you've done any research on this, you, 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 you know I'm, I'm speaking the truth here. Just about every broker out there wants an agent to have experience or a book of business. So that's what the mentorship program allows you to do. The mentorship program, what we're doing is overseeing everything you do. We're here to answer questions for you, provide support, make recommendations. 
when you exit the mentorship program, you still have that uh, consulting period. You're just not working as a freight broker agent inside the mentorship program. Now you're working as a freight broker agent contracted direct to a freight brokerage company, and we're still providing you support, consulting. You've got a problem, situation, need help with something, just want to chat, talk about something. Yeah, pick up the phone call or email your consultant. But anyway, that's that. But I was uh, working with a client last week, and we were talking about, you know, my health. Yeah, brought that conversation all the way back around anyway. Uh, we were discussing my health and uh, talking about my symptoms, and it, it's really weird. You know, my stomach, I might have some nausea there for a little while, a little bit of chest pressure, ears getting plugged up. That My ears are actually kind of plugged up right now. The My head feeling like it's, you know, overinflated. I don't know how, I, you know, it just feels like pressure in my head. But it's never at the same time. Never at the same time. It's one or the other. And these symptoms last maybe 30 minutes, if that. Then I might be okay for a couple of hours. Almost reminds me of when I had mononucleosis. And let's not go there. That was a long time ago. I mean, I was in junior high, elementary Elementary school. Yeah, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. Ninth grade, I got the uh, chicken pox. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget what my uh, basketball coach said at the athletic banquet that I couldn't attend because I had the chicken pox. And he was talking about how I was always a little slow catching on to things, which included the chicken pox. He said he remembered how one year I fell out of the tree, broke my arm, trying to rake leaves early. <laughs> yeah, my parents, they went to that banquet. They uh, they recorded. I wish I still had that cassette tape. But anyway, that was a long time ago. All right, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, uh we are going to start doing this podcast once a week. I know we tried doing it as a radio show there at the end of the year, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. And uh, matter of fact, I was looking over the uh, uh, statistics, and that last radio show we've done, it's got the uh, highest count or of listeners of any of the podcasts we've done up to now. I don't know if that's because it's been a month, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, that kind of thing, or I, I, I don't know. But anyway, every Monday we're going to be bringing you a new podcast. It's going to be the FBTV podcast. You're going to be able to hear it on your favorite podcasting app. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a positive comment. Help us out. It'll help us grow. You know, our YouTube channel the same way. We will get back to cutting YouTube videos. Hopefully, within the next week or two. Okay, we, we have not abandoned that at all. Uh, it's been about a month, I think, since we've done any videos, so keep that in mind, too. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to have, uh, be answering a question today during this podcast. Or responding to a question we received. Trying to help somebody out. Uh, but if you want to contact us, you can FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. Lots of forums on the website. Just about any time we do a posting, there's a form. And uh, you can use that form to contact us as well. 
the uh, website, FreightBrokerTV.com. Now, FreightBrokerTV.com is ideally designed for somebody, well, anybody. It's designed for everybody. If you want to, uh, you know, it's got all of our public content right there. One place. Uh, you can go to it. Don't have to log in. It's all public. All of our podcast, uh, radio broadcast. I think everything we've ever done, you're going to find on FreightBrokerTV.com. If you want to take it one step further, then uh, you want to go to FBTVInsider.com. That's the uh, sister site for FreightBrokerTV.com. Again, all the content in one easy location, audio, video, podcast, radio broadcast, everything. You can register. you got to register for the FBTV Insider, but it's free. The free registration is going to make available to you all of the FBTV Insider public content. A lot of what you see on Freight Broker TV is going to be available there on the FBTV Insider. But you can gain access to the full insider content for less than uh, well for 2.99 a month or 24.95 a year if you want to go that route and for those of you that have been uh, subscribed to the FBTV insider hey great we appreciate you and there's going to be a lot of extra content coming up i know we're uh, 3 weeks into the year and haven't really done anything with it but it's getting ready to happen again been this this weird I don't know. It, it feels like, i tell you what, it feels, it feels like, you know what it feels like when you think you're getting ready to come down with something, you start getting that, eh. or when you start getting over something and you, uh, you, uh, you feel like you're getting better, but it's still just hanging in there a little bit. It's one or the other, you know, it, I, I don't know what it is, but anyway, I'll go with what my uh, medical professional told me. They told me sounded like sinus. No test, you know. As a matter of fact, I got a video video appointment, <laughs> a uh, over the uh, internet here coming up end of the week. But anyway, neither here nor there. Twitter. Let's talk about Twitter for a minute, man. I mean, the world has changed here in the last three or four weeks since the before Christmas. It's strange, but uh, I guess our we still have a Twitter account. I see everybody else's Twitter accounts being blocked, blocked, canceled, terminated. <laughs> we are in some weird times right now, don't you think? All right. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to be talking about the news. We've got Q&As. But uh, our, our broker talk, uh, that's a new feature we're doing, broker talk. Topic is going to be uh, talking about details. Details. Details, details. <laughs> details will make or break you as a broker. And usually I find, it's been my experience, that the uh, brokers that aren't paying attention to the minute details are the ones that, you know, they may make okay money, but they're not making the big bucks like somebody paying attention to the minute details. Those details, man, they can open doors for you. Okay, and we're going to be talking about that. Now, first up, it has been a weird 2021. We knew it would be. You know, I live in Arkansas, and I think uh, every day the uh, local news is talking about, well, let's see what they got up here today. Uh, up until uh, recently, 
they had been posting how many new cases of uh, coronavirus have been diagnosed in our state. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, uh, I, uh, you start doing the math, <clears throat> there's more people being diagnosed with coronavirus here in Arkansas than actually live here. Uh, tongue in cheek, I'm, but I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get the idea. I mean, it's just crazy numbers. Well, here in the last few days, maybe a week or two, I've started know noticing that uh, instead of telling us how many new cases, well, look at that, case count went down. Huh. Uh, now they've started reporting deaths, daily death count, the coronavirus death count here in our state. Now, up to about two or three weeks ago, when I was watching it, <laughs> Uh, they were showing, you know, like two, three thousand new cases a day. Now they're they. I'm just looking at the uh, report right now that uh, I guess came out yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, last night, ten thirty last night, roughly nine hundred and seventy-six new cases yesterday. Now it's been up there every day, about two or three thousand. So. But I, I kind of got the idea when they went to the death count instead of telling us that those numbers were on the way down. But, boy, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think they uh, they got us in their crosshairs. And they're going to use this to do whatever they want to. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but this is just too weird. And then I saw on the news, ice cream. Ice cream. Uh, looked like it had been in, uh, contaminated with the coronavirus. Well, how in the world could that be? Well, it seems like the ice cream came from China. <laughs> you, you, you know, this stuff, you can't make this stuff up. How in the world, why would somebody order anything from China right now? I... I it is what it is, I reckon. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know. All right, and then the, 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 the Capitol Hill thing. A couple of weeks ago, that was wild. Matter of fact, a couple of that, that, that boy that sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair that uh, everybody, I've seen him everywhere on the news. Yeah, he's from Arkansas. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I bet he never thought he was looking at federal prison time for sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair. Well, that's not what he will be. That's not what he's in trouble for, but that's the picture that's burned into everyone's mind anyway. All right. Fuel prices. Well, fuel prices are just really shooting up, getting back to pre-pandemic Levels, 267 a gallon, up three cents from last week. That's diesel. And gasoline, holy smoke, up seven cents a gallon. Nearly seven cents a gallon anyway, up to 231. So that side of the industry seems to be going in the right direction now. The demand's starting to come back. That's uh, what I'm reading. And that's why the prices are going up, supply and demand. When the demand was low... Due to uh, nobody driving, nobody traveling, prices went down, but now that's starting to come back. 
All right, let's look at the news here for a moment. Court upholds FMCSA exemption of trucking from California rest break rules. A lot of things in California concerning transportation. Not to be done away with, but that's neither here nor there. The ninth, the ninth, the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has upheld the FMCSA administration's 2018 determination that interstate motor carriers are exempt from California's stringent mill and rest break rules. That's surprising that the ninth stood up for the FMCSA. But anyway. The FMCSA reached this conclusion because California required more breaks more often with less flexibility as to timing. That is according to the uh, court's three-dredge panel in an opinion that came out on Friday. Friday was the 15th, right? Oh, it's we're already at we're we're already this month is almost over. Can you believe that? When the you know when 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 the first falls on a Thursday or Friday, that just throws me off for the rest of the month because everything's going to be. I mean, by the by by the you know the first well like the first was on Friday this month. You know, we were almost middle of the month by the next weekend. They just you know and only what five working days, if that. But anyway. Let's see, there's something else there about the FMCSA. They're proposing a pilot program to study safety effects of 6455 sleeper berth splits. Folks, this is what happens when you get bureaucrats trying to make rules for an industry they know nothing about. Ah, they may know something about it. We're not going to call them stupid, but... Going back to the days when they had the 10-8 rule. Some of you might remember that. <clears throat> the only thing that needed to be changed, you, you had the 34-hour restart, leave everything alone. Everybody's happy. It worked. But no, you got to come in here. Poke it around, making things worth, and you got all the initials coming around saying, no, you can't do that, no, you can't do that. Then they try to appease all the initials I'm talking about. Any minority group that has a beef or don't agree, which is everywhere nowadays. But anyway, the uh, FMCSA announced last Thursday it's going to propose a new pilot program for truck drivers to evaluate adding 6465 sleeper berth split to the hours of service regulations. During the proposed pilot program, drivers would have the option to split their 10-hour off-duty sleeper birth time into two periods, provided that uh, uh, the two periods total at least 10 hours. You know, that, uh, you could do that with the 10-8 too, the 10-8 rule, back before they started this 15, 16 years ago, trying to figure out this new logbook rule. Seems like every time they put their fingers on it, it gets worse. They got to go back and adjust it some more. But drivers participating in the proposed pilot would be expected to split their sleeper birth time into two periods so that neither period is less than four hours. My contention is let the drivers sleep. This is what I don't. Yeah. Uh, this has been brought up a million and one times. Like when I was under the 10-8 rule, if I stopped, had me a bite to eat, got back in my truck, got down the road a couple of miles, and I 
Yeah, you felt that tiredness come on after you eat a good meal. And you want to just sit back and kind of close your eyes for a little bit. We could do it and not be penalized. Not today. Not today. No, not today. Will they ever get back to that? No. No, and that's why a lot of drivers left the industry because of the ELD. And then you keep on coming up with these uh, talk about any logbook rules. I mean, people live with them. I mean, you, you do what you do. You make, make do. I worked for a company one time as an owner-operator. And it was kind of comical, really, because just when you figured out how to make money in their system, they changed the system. And you have to start all over trying to figure the system out so you can make money in it again. It was really a weird deal. All right. Now, this is something. <laughs> I saw this today and I kind of chuckled. Not well, I mean, you know, the content, what I'm going to be telling you about it, it's not something to chuckle about, but not well, you, you, it'll make sense to you when we get to that point. I'll explain it to you. Nearly half of the truck drivers out there are prone to sleep apnea. That's what a new study reveals. A recent study found that 49% of commercial uh, motor vehicle drivers, big truck drivers, could be at risk for obstructive sleep apnea. OSA is what we're going to call that. The new research concluded that drivers who participated in the study with, uh, the study with undiagnosed and unrelated or untreated sleep apnea were at greater risk of being involved in accidents. Did that make sense to you? It almost did me, but I kind of screwed it up, so I'll read it again. The new research concluded that drivers who participated in the study with undiagnosed and untreated sleep apnea were at greater risk of being involved in accidents. The 2020 study by researchers at the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute was presented at a Transportation Research Board Committee meeting at January 11th. The study screened 20,000 drivers to determine sleep apnea potential. And it goes on and on. In the initial study, only 6.4% of the drivers were marked as potentially having OSA, 86% were marked as having no OSA, and the remaining drivers had already been diagnosed with OSA. The drivers were then tested applying the STOP-BANG assessment, a screening tool that assesses snoring, tiredness, observed apnea, hypertension, body mass, index, BMI, age, neck, circum neck circumference, and gender to gauge their overall sleep apnea risk. This identified as many as 9,382 drivers having sleep apnea potential. 9,639 did not have any OSA. Now, sleep apnea, yeah, I, I, I suspect that's a pretty serious thing. But uh, back in the mid-90s, when I had my first cardiac event, one stent, no big deal, my uh, heart doctor, cardiologist, he wanted me to go to sleep apnea clinic. He wanted me to be tested for it, and I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Have you ever noticed that if you got get insurance, you, that they're going to test you for everything? <laughs> you think that's... Coincidence, or do you think they really care? Maybe a little of both. But uh, 
You wanted me to go to sleep apnea, and I wouldn't do it. Just had no desire to do it. And I told him, I said, here, look, you know, I, I, here's why I'm not going to do it, Doc. I've got this picture in my head, okay? One day, I, I go to sleep apnea clinic. They diagnosed me. I got sleep apnea. Then one day, I'm walking down the street. I step off the sidewalk, and bam, I'm hit by a big old Freightliner. Smashed. I get up to heaven. I, I'm, I'm in front of the Lord, and, you know, we're talking, you know, and he looks, and I, I, well, I look at him. I say, you know, Lord, I got one question. Of all the ways to terminate me, <laughs> why the big truck? Why the big truck? And I, I got this voice in my head telling me, well, he, you know, he responds by saying, well, I, I, I was going to take you in your sleep, but, you know, you got the sleep apnea thing done. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that made sense to me. Maybe it didn't to you, but it was kind of comical at the time. But my doctor, my cardiologist, he just looked at me like I was an idiot, <clears throat> perhaps. All right, right now we're in the middle. Well, I say the middle. Started last week. If you're traveling I-70, it's an I-70 blitz going on. Multiple law enforcement agencies in two states are taking part in an enforcement effort right now through the end of January. Indiana State Police, Ohio, Ohio, Ohio Highway Patrol, the Preble County, Ohio Sheriff's Department, and the Richmond Police Department all taking part in an enforcement effort on I-70 that started on the 11th a week ago going through the end of the month. During this three-week effort, police will be focusing on dangerous driving behaviors that are likely to contribute to a crash, which include following too closely, distracted driving, speeding, driving under the influence, left of center, and unsafe lane movements. Uh, it also says Indiana State Police is going to utilize a canine. You, you've never lived till you've had a canine snoop through your truck. But anyway, all right, Q and A's. We got this in from Kane. He starts out by saying, "Hey, how are you?" Started watching your series and found myself enamored with the freight broker business. I recently became unemployed due to COVID-19. Yeah, everybody. A lot of people anyway. And am in grad school. I've always been interested in freight brokering, although from more of a student of logistics and economics as opposed to the trucking industry, which is still interesting. I understand that the freight brokers are middlemen between the shipping companies and production companies. I also understand that anybody can become a licensed freight broker if they go through the process. I was wondering, if someone wanted to start working as a freight broker remotely, do you think it's possible to get started in the industry remotely? I mean, working for a company as a freight broker agent for a freight brokerage, not independently, as I would never want to start in an industry independently when I have no direct work experience from the industry and have uh, and even in sales he says I am not sure if this industry is possible for myself especially since I plan to leave the United States soon but I just wanted to learn more about it and ask you the experts about it 
He says, thanks for your great show. You're very welcome. Thank you for saying that. And he says he has to admit the thing that gets me the most interested in this industry is the fact that there are millions of companies you can call. This is true. I know that probably over 90% of them would say get lost. You'd be surprised. But it's the fact that you could call hundreds of people every day and you never know when that next call could be considered customer or a consistent customer that gets you started. This is true. I don't think I don't think of this as a way to wealth beyond imagining, as some people seem to think, but understand that it has a lot of room for growth and it actually rewards people who dedicate their effort or dedicate to that effort. As opposed to a job where you work as hard as you have to just to survive the day. Thanks for the time. Have a great day. Well, I didn't really see a question in there. Well, I guess I did. The remotely part. But a lot of uh, ideas that are in Kane's head that I think he was looking to uh, maybe get confirmation on or maybe get put on the right track. But uh, anyway, well, let's talk about the remotely. Do you think it's possible to get started in this industry remotely? Absolutely. Just about every broker agent is remote. Internet, telephone, computer, you can work from anywhere. I've had clients that I consulted that were in different countries. They'd have uh, their brokerage here, but they'd have agents all over the world working American freight. And the technology today allows you to do that. Thank you, Internet. Uh, starting as a freight broker agent, we recommend that to anyone, to everyone. You know, you, you want to get out there, learn, learn, gain the experience, real life experience, build a customer base before you would, should even think about going out here on your own as far as getting your own authority or anything like that. Now, uh, if you're talking about becoming an employee for a freight brokerage company, there's a difference. An agent you're contracted to on a commission basis, you're not going to make any money unless you move a load. And then the money you're going to make off that load is determined by that load's net. The net is the difference between what the customer paid you to move the load and what you paid the truck. So let's say the customer agreed to pay you $2,000 to move the load from point A to point B, and you obtained a truck to move that load for uh, $1,500. Well, that would leave a $500 net. As an agent, your commission is going to come from that $500. Standard industry average commission for a freight broker agent is 60%. So if that was your load, your commission would be 60% of that $500, so your commission would be $300. Not bad for 20 minutes work. But, you know, we say 20 minutes work. Actually, a lot of work went into that because you got to get the customer, you got to build the relationship. Got to find the carriers. Got to know how to work the load boards. Got to build the relationships with the carrier. A lot goes into it to get to that point. But once you get to that point, yes, it can be very financially rewarding. But, Kane, if you have any more questions, feel free to call me at Taltoa. Uh, my number at Taltoa is 479-668-0838. Be happy to talk to you about it. All right, that brings us to uh, Broker Talk. Broker Talk topics. What is our top? Every podcast, and these are going to start being on Monday, we're going to have a Broker Talk where we're talking about different topics that pertain to freight brokering. 
or transportation as far as that goes. But today we're going to be talking about the details. You've got to see the big picture. Ask any one of my clients that I've trained, and they will tell you, yes, Mike, he says details a lot. Pay attention to the details. Now, what I'm getting at, as you start building the business, you start building lanes. And what I mean by lanes is loads you can know you know you can move regardless of what day it is. Even if you don't have a truck, hey, that load falls into that lane. Uh, you know you can get a truck for the load. It's that simple. So you commit to those loads. Well, a, a, a trucking company calls you one day. And they say, hey, you don't have a load in that lane today, do you? You look down and you don't have any loads on your list in that lane today. Don't. Tell the truck no. Okay? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, Mr. Trucky Company. Let me call my customer. Call your customers that generally have loads in those lanes. Hey, I got a truck in this lane. You don't have one of those loads coming up today, do you? Or anytime soon. You're going to find more time than not. Your customer is going to say, yes, yeah, send the truck in. Now, they're going to put you on hold. They're going to call their customer. And the conversation on that end, while you're on hold, is going to be, hey, I got a truck trying to get to where you are. Do you want me to load him? And their customer is going to say, yeah, load him and send him. That's because the shipper and their customer both know, as you probably do already, the truck is the final part of the equation. If you've got a truck, your customer is probably going to want to utilize that truck. So don't. Tell the trucking company, no. Nah, I don't have anything right now, man. Call, try me next week. Don't do that. Put them on hold. Call your customer. Same thing with the weight of a load. Generally speaking, I use flatbed as an example. If you've got a flatbed customer, they're probably telling you, hey, don't send me a, a truck in here unless they can carry 48,000 pounds. That does not mean that every single one of their loads will weigh 48,000 pounds. It just means they will never load a truck with more than 48. So one day you answer the phone, you know, a trucking company says, hey, you know, my trucking will only carry 47.5 with that work on this load. Don't tell the truck no. Well, hold on, let me call my customer. Call your customer, let them know, hey, I got a truck for that load, but they can only carry 47.5 with that work. Now your customer is going to pull up the paperwork on that load. They'll tally the weight. Could be that the weight for that load is only 47250 Yeah, send him in. I've even had customers tell me in the past, yeah, send him in. We will make it work. The point is, it's not your job to make a decision for the customer. Don't cost yourself money. I can't tell you the number of times I've had to get onto a broker here and there about uh, telling trucks no. You know, no, you're costing yourself money. It's not your place to say, well, it's not on my list. Well, it may not be on your list, but give your customer the opportunity to at least see if they can put a load on that truck. They, they may want to use that truck. You see what I'm saying? That makes sense. A lot more to this in the details. We, we get, I, I get in way deep in it uh, during the training. Matter of fact, that, that part of the training is part three. Part three of the uh, training. It's pretty interesting. All right, we've kind of gone over by about 10 minutes. We were going to try to make these things 25 minutes, but I can see right now it's, it's inching up there quite a bit. So anyway, we'll be back next Monday. Same channel, 
same bat station, same bat place. Remember that from the 60s, Batman? <laughs> All right, go have a good week. Unless you've made other plans, we will talk to you next Monday. See you.